0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. And then there were three. Hello everyone and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at sci fi for mecom sci fi sci fi for me radio, which you can find through a number of different podcast players. This show and the H2O podcast, both available as podcasts. And uh, just want to give a shout out to our listeners, new listeners in Greece, in Croatia, in Turkey. Very excited to have you on board. I'm not. I'm not hearing myself in my headphones very well. All right. A little metal. ...to get us started for Monday. Just, uh, you know, shake things up a little bit. Get the blood pumping. Wake people up. Because 2022 has already turned into a... ...terrible, awful, no-good year, right? So we have, uh... We have our three now. Uh, We have our three. Betty White... Sidney Poitier, and now Bob Saget, the third of those. Uh, our condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, he was. Uh, for those of you who don't don't know, it's been all over social media. He was found. Uh, he was found uh, dead in his hotel in Florida, the day after doing his, I believe, second show in the new tour. Uh, Sixty-five years old. No cause of death was was listed, and they don't know yet. But they didn't say. You know, there's no foul play suspected so I don't know. I have a feeling it's gonna be one of those years. Maybe. So oh wait, okay, hold on. Hold on. Yes. Um Stephanie Stephanie points out four with Peter Bogdanovich. So if if Bogdanovich oh See, because Bogdanovich was before Saget, so is Saget the beginning of another three? Uh, Do we count Johnny Carson's brother? Was he was he famous enough for that tier and to to count in those three? Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll just have a series of threes and maybe three sets of three. That's a cheery thought, isn't it? All right, so uh, this week we've got, uh, right now, no guests lined up, although I'm working on that. I do have some stuff out for, uh, for contemplation and consideration, so I will let you know if things change. Tonight, assuming that everything goes well, Mr. Harvey has been feeling under the weather, but tonight we have a brand new H2O podcast that is going to be our discussion of New Year's resolutions. We're going to be talking about stuff we've got going, plans and schemes and whatnot. Hopefully, uh, we are able to do that today. Mr. Harvey's been uh, feeling a little under the weather, but uh, I think he's on the mend, and we should be able to do that for you as well. And, of course, uh, all of the other stuff that we've got here and uh, all of the different shows, including the return of Tribble Bites. Which is kind of it's it triple bites and salacious crumbs for for 2022 are taking on a new form, a little bit of a new format, uh, just to make it easier on everybody here who's working on things because the prep work involved kind of there's a there's a little bit of an overlap when we're doing prep for Good Morning Multiverse and so uh, so we've combined. And uh treble bites and salacious crumbs are now going to be let's get rid of the bot. Alright, we'll get rid of the bot there. I don't know, we've been getting a lot of spam bots lately. I'm not sure what that's all about. But as I was saying, Salacious crumbs and triple bites are now going to be segments. In, uh is part of uh, Good Morning Multiverse, and then we'll break them out into their own thing. So uploaded over the weekend, Slice's Crumbs number 129, and Triple bites number 41. So uh, those, I think 41, yeah. So those are, those are going to be their own thing that we upload, but they're also going to be part of Good Morning Multiverse. We're trying to just basically kind of make it, a little easier on the contributors here, so we're not duplicating effort and we're not uh, we're not stumbling all over ourselves uh, doing the work twice. so uh, so that programming note for you I want to get into um, <coughs> excuse me a couple of things uh, Dave Dave there uh, very much looking forward to what you all have planned for the new year. I am too. I can't wait to tell you. Now I we were supposed to do <laughs> excuse me I do not have a cough I had I had something go down wrong hang on and it's not your I do what and it's not your stomach Yeah yeah not my stomach today for if, if you saw Good Morning Multiverse this past Saturday you uh you you heard uh you heard my 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 I didn't eat before going on the air. So, uh, at one point, my stomach made that uh, very well known to everyone. So, uh, hopefully that's not going to happen again. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, 2022, we've got some plans. We've got some ideas. Uh, We're going to try to do some watch parties over on Twitch. We were going to do one yesterday with the Princess Bride. And things got away from us. We had some stuff happen uh, at the house that we weren't able to to put it all together, so uh, this coming weekend, I think we're going to try again, so watch parties are going to be going on Twitch, we're going to be doing some more gameplay on Twitch, hopefully we'll bring back at least one of our video game shows this year, that's in in the works, and uh, I'm going to be having a conversation with Ryan about... Doing something with our Discord server. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do, but Ryan is very familiar with Discord, so I'm going to have a conversation with him about that. And if you have suggestions on how we can use some of this stuff, let us know. You know, send me send me an email. Uh, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com is the uh, is the email for this show. And, of course, we're on all of the socials and, and very, various different platforms uh, across social media that you can get to. So, okay. I thought today I would take a moment. What did I do with it? Because I finally, I finally, finally got to start the latest Honor Harrington book, To End in Fire. This is by David Weber and Eric Flint. It came out, what, a month ago? A month and a half ago? And I... I I had to wait. Because when I saw that this book was coming out, I thought, okay, I'm going to read everything all the way through. So I, I'm, I'm up to speed and I'm ready to go. And the Honor Harrington books are, I think there's 25 or 30 now. So it takes a while to catch up and to, you know, refresh and and do all that. But I finally got to the point where I'm actually reading this book for the very first time. It's the last, well, I don't want to say it's the last book. It's the most, it's the current book. It's the new book. And I want to take the hour to talk about the Honor Harrington series. Uh, because a, l- a lot of times, this being YouTube and, and live video and Odyssey and Facebook and whatnot, we, all, we, we talk a lot about movies and television. But we don't, um, we don't talk as much about books as I think we probably should. We've, we've taken some time on H2O and we've gotten there. And I have interviewed a number of authors on this show. And we bring in comic book creators and stuff for Good Morning Multiverse. And we, we try to stay current on the literary side of things, you know, Hugo Awards and whatnot being what they are. So we're not completely bereft of book coverage. We do a lot of reviews over on the dot com. But I want to take I want to take the hour and actually get into the Honor Harrington universe because some people might not be familiar with it. Especially if you're not into military science fiction that's uh, that's a it's it's a niche it's a it's a good sized niche. There are a number of authors in that category, but I think David Weber has really nailed uh, and and set a standard for military science fiction so we're gonna get into that. I do have a couple of things that I want to get to. first. First of all, let's uh, uh, Dave says, I commend you for wearing a tie on Good Morning Multiverse recent show. I wear a tie almost every week. There have been a couple of times that I haven't, right? Yeah, just but it's it's rare. And that's on purpose. And the reason that I do that is to separate Good Morning Multiverse and the news content we have there. From all of the other stuff that we do, uh, which is more opinion and talk focused rather than just here's the news. So it, it was just one of those things I thought, you know, that's so other people can take it seriously, will take it seriously. And I, I put on a tie and it kind of stuck. So uh, every now and again, I don't, but for the most part, it hel- it helps me too. Because it's it's a mindset thing. It's it's like you know, it's like making your bed in the morning. You you have a, an accomplishment. You've got something that you've do, you've set out to do, and you do. Whenever you whenever you prep yourself for things, and you know there are certain rituals, uh, things. That you do ceremonies and, and uniforms and, and whatever, that kind of thing. And it does help with that preparation. It does help with that, that mindset. So, Saturday morning news program, I put on a tie. That's the way it is. And most days, most weeks, I have time to eat breakfast. And I'm going to have to make a point of that. So, we don't have what happened last week. Uh, happen again, and if you're curious, you go back and watch a video. Well, you should be watching the video anyway, but not for my stomach. All right, so a uh, couple of things here, real quick. Uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home not eligible for a BAFTA award. Sony apparently missed the streaming portal deadline, um, so it's not eligible. It says this is uh, this is the Hollywood Reporter now. Again, Spider-Man No Way Home is continuing to make bank. I think they're at, what, $1.65 right now or something? They're doing gangbusters still. All right, from the article. The phenomenal ongoing box office success of Spider-Man No Way Home has led many to speculate whether it could go where most superhero movies rarely venture and break into the awards race. Now, we reported on Good Morning Multiverse this past Saturday... That Marvel and Disney, Disney's putting together a for your consideration campaign for both Spider-Man: No Way Home and The Eternals. So they're going to be pushing for Academy Award nominations for both of their, uh, both of those movies. Uh, continuing from the article here, as of January 10th, however, there's one major film awards where no amount of campaigning from Sony will have an impact: BAFTA has revealed that the film did not meet the eligibility criteria for its 2022 film awards and therefore didn't qualify for entry. The issue lies with BAFTA View, the British Academy's new online streaming portal, launched in time for 2020 and 2021 award seasons, and onto which all films are made available for voting members. Spider-Man No Way Home was due to land on the platform on December 30th, giving voters just four days before the January 3rd round one voting deadline, which was eventually extended by a day, due to tech issues. However, the feature didn't make the date with BAFTA saying at the time that Sony had cited potential piracy issues as the film has not yet been released in some territories. It is still not available on BAFTA View with just a trailer currently in its place. So Sony is sitting there saying, "Well, we're not putting it out everywhere at once." And the the piracy question—that's a valid concern. I mean, this is this is the one where everybody was talking about all of the different things that were going to be in it. We had plenty of leaks ahead of the movie's release we had all sorts of speculation and we knew going into it that people were going to spoil things and put things out there that sony didn't want out there the 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 inclusion of two other performers being probably the biggest thing i mean that's that's the that's the heart of the story right there is all of these all of these returning actors from previous Spider-Man franchises. And so you have this, I think, uh, a legitimate concern that it's going to be one of those yes, it's going to be a concern that that people are going to pirate this thing because they do. And I think I read somewhere that Spider-Man is is one of the top pirated movies that are that are floating out there right now. But Having it, having it available for people to, to view for an awards thing, I can see where, you know, you want to get it in front of the people who are voting in time for them to consider it and vote for it and whatnot. There's this thing, this thing called a DVD that... Um, that can be used has been used before uh especially around awards times i mean i i recall a time when when various members of the academy of motion picture arts and sciences got dvds to screen these movies at home and, and before that there were vhs tapes and it's it's one of those things where you can you can do certain things to make these films available. Uh, I mean, we, we even get screeners. We get online screener access sometimes here. And when that happens, when we get a, a screener from a studio, it says here, you can go on this website and use this password and you get access to the screener and you can you, it, there's, a, there's a limit to how many times you can open it up and view it, and it's watermarked. It's watermarked with the email address of the person who gets the screener link. So if I get a screener link to my email address, my email address is plastered all over the, the screener. So if you, there's no way to pirate it. Why couldn't Sony do something like that? And why wouldn't BAFTA be willing to accept such? Who knows? But this goes back to that whole, you know, segregation and balkanization of of streaming and online and all this other stuff. Everybody's got a different standard. I miss the days when we had one standard for video. Well, two. You have the NTSC standard in the United States. You had the PAL standard over in Europe now h264 MOV, mp4 mp3 MP, uh, 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 what's the other one m-, m WMV I mean there's all sorts of different video formats digital video formats and there's no there's no standard there's no color standard there's no frame rate standard I mean yeah you're gonna get well you get 30 frames a second, 24 frames a second, 60 frames a second, 100 frames a second, 72 frames a second, 24 frames a second, 12 frames a second, 15 frames a second. How many How many different formats do we put up with? I don't know. Just, it's one of those things. All right. Congratulations to the Golden Globes winners. Twenty-two. Two uh, uh, 2022 winners list. And I got to say, somebody is heavily invested in West Side Story because they picked up a number of different uh, awards here. Uh, Now, Best Motion Picture Drama, Power of the Dog from Netflix. Uh, West Side Story, Best Picture Musical musical or Comedy. Uh, You have, uh, let's see here... Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Musical Comedy, Rachel Zegler from West Side Story. Uh, you've got uh, Ariana DeBose, Best Supporting Actress from West Side Story. You've got here, uh, a, let's see here, how many, how many, I haven't really gone through all of this yet, but there's a number of, of uh, Squid Game, Squid Game, Oh uh, Young Soo, Best Supporting Actor uh, so, you know, Succession did well. Uh, Dune from Hans Zimmer wins best original score for Motion Picture. Uh, you've got Kenneth Braga, uh, P- Kenneth Brana re- re- winning best screenplay for Belfast. Uh, hmm. Encanto, best motion picture animated. It's funny that Encanto and. And uh, and West Side Story pulled away some some awards here when nobody's seen those movies. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Are are you are are you making comments over there? Because I can't hear you because I've got headphones in my ears and I hear you muttering back over there. Mrs. Boss mutters sometimes. <clears throat> but that's okay. Um. Dave's got a good question. Why not make the nomination members sign into a site for viewing? Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Well, you can you can do something where you can make those screeners available online digitally and watermark them. So if a pirated copy comes out at some point, we know where they are. We know where they came from. We uh, we have uh, we have a, a paper trail, as it were. Uh Robert in the chat says hello. Good to see you here as well. <sighs> All right. So now what I want to do is talk a little bit about the Honor Harrington stuff. Oh whoa, 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 whoa. Let me let me backtrack here for just a minute. Because I, I gotta I got I got another thing because you talk about the you know Disney doing the push for Eternals and Spider-Man: No Way Home and all of that for the for the award stuff. Bob Chapek sent out an email to Disney employees about plans for the new year, setting the stage for our second century, is what it's what it's headlined. Uh, a reading from the email: As we begin the new year, I want to share our mission and the strategic pillars that'll be key to our success. Okay, we're gonna go through all of this. Is, you know, pats all the employees on the back, and everything good. And uh, you know, they've been around for hundred years, setting the stage for Disney's next hundred years. Here are some things that we're going to focus on. Is basically what this email is about. First, storytelling excellence. Storytelling excellence. What makes Disney so unique is that the stories we tell mean something to people. They inspire, give hope, bring us together, illuminate the world around us, and create memories. That is Disney magic, and we must continue to set the creative bar higher and higher. To that end, and in addition to all my other creative meetings, I'm establishing a new standing monthly meeting with our senior creative leaders to discuss the opportunities we face as a storytelling enterprise. This is a very interesting first item. Because if you're looking at this as a storytelling enterprise, that's a business word. Now, I may be reading something into it. But the fact that Bob Iger is not there anymore, and Susan Arnold is... And you have a number of people that have come on on board in the last few months in the C-suite who are not entertainment people, but they're business people. I think we're going to start seeing a shift out of Disney's priorities. Uh, Second, innovation. Since Steamboat Willie, we've been the world's foremost innovative storytellers. That must continue as technology evolves, giving our creative teams new canvases like the metaverse on which to paint. Now this goes back to what we were talking about on uh, Saturday, Good Morning Multiverse, Disney's just filed for a patent for this new thing they call the Virtual World Simulator. It's basically a holodeck where they take a number of different projectors in a, in a space and Using geolocation and a couple of other th- widgets they 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 put you in this immersive three d virtual world without goggles, without devices, without glasses or anything. you just the the projectors are all around you, and you're in this interactive holographic world that reacts and responds and interacts as you move through it. It tracks where you are and adjusts. So we're basically looking at the prototype of the holodeck. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. It really will. I'm, I'm curious how that technology is going to develop. Third, now this, is, this is a telling thing. I don't know what this, uh, what this indicates. I may have to ask uh, Cameron Pasha about this. Or Judah Engelbar. We'll, we'll have the guys back on. Third, relentless focus on our audience. We are a big company with many constituents and stakeholders, all of whom have a place in our decision making. But at the end of the day, our most important guide, our North Star, is the consumer. Right now, their behavior tells us in our industry that they that the way they want to experience entertainment is changing and changing fast thanks to technology and the pandemic. So this is this is more we're leaning into Disney Plus streaming stuff. We must evolve with our audience, not work against them. And so we will put them at the center of every decision we make. Folks, I want to make a prediction. And this is just me spitballing. I don't have any indication one way or the other on any of this. But, what if, what if the higher-ups at Disney recognize they haven't quite been doing things right of late? Yeah, Dave, relentless focus on our audience. Zowie. Maybe, maybe they're starting to realize that if you make decisions based on politics and ideological performance and virtue signaling that you don't make the money. Maybe they're looking at the model that Sony appears to have embraced with Ghostbusters Afterlife, with Spider-Man No Way Home. And they're thinking, well, you know, and what? Oh, that's, I was saying Matrix. oh Ma- well, Matrix was Warner Brothers, but yeah, the same kind of thing, though, because the Matrix four, as I've as I've said here on a number of occasions, I've opined uh, that it is it is a big thumb in the eye to everything that the Hollywood machine has been doing for the last 10, 15 years, but most especially the last five years since since sony 2016 and i saw something the other day it was really interesting that the whole woke cancel culture mob mentality apparently somebody has traced that back to glee i i, I don't know i haven't i haven't looked at this i Never watched Glee. I didn't have any interest in Glee, so I don't know if if there would be a legitimate uh, a, an argument to be made that Glee was the beginning of the woke cancel culture mob or not, but sure, why not? Uh, Robert asks, What if Sci-Fi for me had a Sci-Fi movie book comic award from amongst the creators who died in 2021, like making an annual thing? We actually talked about this. Oh, when was this? This was, uh, I want to say 2016, maybe 2015, 2016. We talked about this for a little bit, very briefly. In the wake, now it was it was 2015 because that was when they did the whole big. That was when the Hugo Awards and the and the wooden asterisks and David Gerald and, and all of that blow up about sad puppies and stuff. When they no awarded everything, we started talking about it here about putting together another award that would be uh, a fan driven type of thing and not not be politically driven or or anything like what the Hugo's have devolved into. And it didn't really go very far because logistics being what they are and and how much it's going to cost and and all of those things. And then the Dragon Awards came out. And we thought, well, okay, there they are. So we didn't feel like we had uh, a need to pursue it, but uh, also we don't have the resources to pursue it. But we've talked about doing some best of type of things. Um, I think if we were bigger... If we had a larger audience uh, and, a, and a more significant footprint in the fandom landscape, then maybe it might be something worth revisiting at some point where we come back and say, okay, hey, we're going to do our best of, or we're going to do... I know I know. Critical Critical Blast, those guys did a, a best of here not too long ago. So, it's, it's possible we could maybe do something at some point, maybe. Um... Uh, there's Aloise, Aloise, I think Aloise Dottle in the chat saying hello, waving. I our widget does not handle emoticons, unfortunately, so we don't get uh, we don't get to see the waving hands and the and the smiley faces and whatnot. And maybe someday they'll give us an update. All right. So the Honor Harrington stuff. I see. I I circle back. The Honor Harrington books, they start with the novel On Basilisk Station. And these are some of the most brilliant science fiction stories that I have read. This is, I I don't know how I got turned on to David Weber in the first place. I don't know how I found this series. I think probably somebody made a recommendation at some point. Um, I'm not sure. I wish I could remember because I would I would like to thank whoever it was that recommended them, but these are a modern military science fiction in the style of C. S. Forester's uh, Horatio Hornblower st- stories. Horatio Hornblower starts when he's midshipman and goes all the way up through his career in the in the British Navy in the eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, and it's styled in the same way you start off with honor harrington getting getting a, a new command of a small a small ship in the backwater assignment area and of course everything blows up and she's got to she's got to manage everything to the best of her ability with limited resources and a lot of people wanting her to be um, wanting her to fail and it's, it's an excellent series. And the first time I read it, I, I thought, this is if Tom Clancy had written Star Trek. I mean, that, that, there's your shorthand. But it's deeper than that. Maybe Babylon 5. It's, it's, the, it's got the complexity of a Tom Clancy novel and there are a lot of moving parts and pieces. There are a lot of different things that are going on. A lot of different tracks and a lot of different threads in these stories, but the main spine of the story follows Honor Harrington. And Dave, you've got uh, you've got a question here. Do Weber's books need to be read in publication order? They probably do. Just given that it's a progressive it's a progressive tale. You start with on Station. This is where the beginning of the war starts. And you have the Royal, uh, the the Kingdom of Manticore, the Star Kingdom of Manticore, which is the the military that Honor Harrington serves. Then you have the People's Republic of Haven, which is styled after the Soviet Union-ish socialist type, communist type of, of government. The people, you know, the People's Republic and such. And it follows through as, as it tracks through Honor Harrington's career, all of the different encounters that she's got during the war, the different battles that she, she fights, all of the different consequences of that, um, her growth politically, her growth socially in terms of becoming a peer of the realm and all of these other things, all of the different accolades and awards and the prestige and everything that comes with it. So I would recommend reading them in order, uh, because the the story flows better that way. If you if you drop in and read Uncompromising Honor, for example, if you read that one first, there's a whole lot of backstory that's there's stuff that's not going to make any sense unless you know what's come before. So yes, I would start with On Basilisk Station and go from there. And what I'm going to do. Because in this book here to end in fire, this is the new one from, from Dave Weber and, and Eric Flint. I'm about halfway through no, I'm about I'm about four-fifths through it. I'm almost done. <clears throat> it's a it's a good this one wraps up, well, continues three different story tracks. And I'm gonna get into that. Let me take a real quick break. And then when we get back, I'll talk about the mainline and the two sideline stories. And then there's some short story collections and anthologies that are peripheral to that. So we'll get into all of that here when we get back right after this. Don't go anywhere. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Hi, everyone. Jason Hunt here inviting you to join us every Saturday for news, science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week. Plus, interviews, updates on events going on around the world, and the weather forecast for the same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here, along with you. Good to have all of you with us. Thanks for sticking around, hanging out here on a Monday. You can see this broadcast live. If you're not here live, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can see this live on Odyssey, YouTube, and Facebook. I do encourage you, uh, have this request to find us and connect with us over on Odyssey. We're sitting at 150 followers over there. But I would like to build that up because on the off chance at some point YouTube decides that we should be persona non grata and they delete our channel, we have an alternative. Uh, it's like uh, when we signed up for all of these other social media alternative social media channels just in case because you never know right it's just it's just one of those things um, so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah we're not on getter yet but you know we're we're looking at it I don't know its just it's just one more. One more to keep track of. Alois uh, says uh, I have a book by Weber called "Like a Mighty Army." It's from the Safehold series. Been sitting on it because I don't have the rest. Yeah, I've heard. I have not read the Safehold series. I've seen a lot of people saying really good things about it. Um, it's uh, it's another one where um, some people have actually started to connect one of his other books into that universe possibly but i don't know that it actually connects he's got a he's got a book called out of the dark and then the new one called into the light that just came out he co-wrote with chris kennedy and those stories i don't know that they're connected to the Safehold series or not um some people are wondering if they might be connected to another one of his story universes i don't know i i don't i haven't seen any confirmation of that but i've heard a lot of good stuff about the Safehold series too Okay, so we've got, in the Honor Harrington stuff, I am going to go ahead and say you can find David's stuff. DavidWeber.net is uh, his website. I'm not sure how often he updates it. David is kind of like me. And he's, you know... Yeah, it's the internet. He he does he does get on social media. I think he, I don't think he's got a a twi- twi- he he may have a Twitter account. It used to be. No, no, it got suspended. <laughs> Fancy that. But anyway. See, David is well, okay. <clears throat> David's politics do not come through in his books. Let me say that. I sat and did an interview with him for, uh, I think we spent probably a good 45 minutes talking one time up at OzFest in Omaha, Nebraska. And I will, I will dig up those and put the links in the comments section so people will find those. But he, he's, a, he's a history student, and his background is in political science. And his, you know, he he sat with me with with a migraine headache, by the way, sat and talked with me for forty five minutes about politics in literature, politics in his work, his personal politics, not being in the work. Um, you you can see from his stuff that he posts on Facebook how he leans, but it's not in his books because the characters in these stories, all have different political viewpoints. They all, they all work for different governments, and these different governments have different structures. And every one of those governments has flaws and has personality conflicts and has problems and has, uh, has successes. So, you know, it's a mixed bag, as it should be, because you're dealing with regular human beings and people. All right, so you've got three main tracks. You've got the first track, the the main Honor Harrington series track that starts with On Basilisk Station. And that one covers about 15, 20 books, I think. And it goes through following Honor Harrington's career as a starship commander, as a military leader, as a political advisor, all of these things that go through there. And then you have uh, a series that he wrote with Eric Flint. It's called The Torch series, which basically is a sideline story that now is there's three, there's three books. The first one I think, is Torch of Freedom. And then you've got uh, Crown of Crown of Slaves, cauldron of uh, ca- well, let me I've this this book. The other thing to recommend it is that this book right here lists everything in every story chronologically as it was published and what one to read next. So, um, you have the, uh, the Honor Harrington series. Then you have um, then you have the Shadow series, which takes place in the Talbot Quadrant. And that starts with uh, the Shadow of Saganami. Saganami being a very famous, influential hero to the Manticoran Navy. And then you have the torch, uh, the torch stories, which starts with Crown of Slaves, and then uh, it continues with Torch of Freedom, and then a Shadow of Freedom, a Cauldron of Ghosts. No, not Shadow of Freedom. Crown of Slaves, Torch of Freedom... Cauldron of Ghosts. Those are those are books that David wrote with Eric Flint, and this book f- comes out of that storyline. In addition to the Honor Harrington storyline and the Shadow storyline, the Talbot storyline, all of those kind of cumulated and and culminated in Uncompromising Honor, which was the last book that basically threw all of these threads together and tied them up in a nice, neat little bow-ish. And now we have the aftermath of that and to end in fire. And this continues all of those threads moving forward. Uh, And I think it does it pretty well. It's not the book that I was expecting to get, but it kind of is, if that makes sense. It's the story. It goes in the direction that I thought it would go. But it's not doing it with the characters that I expected to get, if if, if that. It's it's not because Honor Harrington, as she gets, as she gets more prestige, as she gets more authority, more power. You can't put her just on the on the bridge of a ship anymore. She's you know commodore, admiral, vice admiral, that. And so other characters come in to start populating these stories. And as a matter of fact, David had, had, has admitted, and he'll talk about this in, in a couple of places, he actually had a plan at one point, Honor Harrington was supposed to get killed in action. And as he gets closer to that, he's resistant. He's like, you know, I don't really want to kill her off. And he's starting to get a little concerned. Well, what are the fans going to think when I kill her off? That's not going to be good. That might that might actually get a little ugly. And the plan originally, as he explains it, is that Honor's children would pick up the threads of the stories about 20, 30 years later. However, some of the stuff that got pulled into Eric Flint's threads, those kinds of things started happening and pulled everything... Back 20 years, and, and it all kind of worked out that, that David sat there and said, you know what? I don't have to kill her right now. I'm happy about that. So Honor Harrington got a reprieve and more books, and everybody was happy about that. He he thoroughly enjoys writing writing these stories and writing the characters, and I thoroughly enjoy reading them. You will too, I hope. Not everybody is into military science fiction. And... One of the things that impresses me about this particular series of stories... ...on the technology side of things... ...you have ships that can travel faster than light, yes... ...and there's a technological explanation for it... ...there's a device, there's a machine, there's engines... ...you know, there's, there's technology to get into hyperspace. However, there are limitations because of gravity and such and also the the battle sequences are much more realistic because you're ha- you don't have pew pew lasers you have missiles and there are there are laser weapons but there are very close range laser weapons the the long range weapons are missiles just fire fire the missiles and the missiles have to travel through space and communications. there's a communications lag, not just between ships, between ships to planet and planet to ship and you've got to wait because you're traveling, you know it's whether it's faster than light or not. You, there are there are technological things that get in the way. There's realities there. And it's all played very well uh, in in that realistic if if we were actually fighting a space battle, we would be firing missiles and the missiles would take 32 minutes to get to its target. You know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's very well written. It's very well researched. It's very well crafted. And, and I'm sure David has this giant notebook full of spreadsheets to keep track of everything, because at this point you almost have to. And uh, we've actually talked to him, uh, on this show. Uh, he and Chris Kennedy were on to talk about into the light here. Not too long ago. um, Mrs. Boss, if you've got a moment, can you find that? Uh, my, my Chris Kennedy, David Weber interview and link I can I can look it up if I need to, but um <coughs> so we'll put that in there uh, yeah and, and um Alloy says, uh if you guys don't mind bulky technical explanations on tech and long descriptions, you won't mind Weber's writings. It, There's a little bit of that in there, yes. But it's done in a way that is organic to what's happening in the scene at the time. And it's not just this gigantic 12 chapters of info dump like you would find in a book like, say, Moby Dick. Uh, Chris Kennedy and David Weber. It was a bunker uh, from not too long ago. Um so, yeah, the the descriptions of the technology and history of things, it's in there and and it does get a little bit, I don't wanna say lengthy. It gets detailed in some places, but it's not it's not such that it completely takes you out of the story. i'll I'll, I'll put it that way. It's just enough. It's just enough to give you a sense of everything uh, else that uh, that goes on there. Okay, so this is the interview with uh with chris and david mrs boss they're putting that link in the chat we'll also also put that in the in the comments so uh so other people can see it if you're not here live although the live chat does play back at least if i've got the button pushed right so uh so there's that but yeah i would uh, i would highly recommend these books i do recommend that you read them in order and at one point, at one point, when Shadow of Saganami comes out and and uh, Crown of Slaves, all of these things start happening simultaneously. If you've read the Dragon Riders of Pern, it's the same kind of thing where uh, that that Harper the Harper Hall trilogy takes place at the same time as the original the first trilogy, the Dragonflight trilogy. This is kind of the same kind of thing where you have events that are transpiring simultaneously in different books. And so you'll get scenes repeat themselves. And what that does is it kind of orients you into the timeline of where things are happening when. And you might see something you're like, wait a minute, I think I've read this before. And you probably have, but in a different book in a different context. You may get the same scene from a different character's point of view, or you might get a truncated piece of a scene that showed up in another book. But that basically is to say, okay, while this is going on over here, this thing is going on over here in this other part of the story universe. And it's very well done and it does. It's not disorienting at all. It actually helps kind of ground the whole thing. And yes, this is all going on at the same time. And if you were to do a a movie, you could pull in material from like three different books that are happening all at once. I wouldn't recommend it because that'd be a very, very, very long movie. And honestly, I don't see any way... Because uh, they were talking about adapting these as films here uh, a few years ago. I don't see any way they do it. Not realistically. Because you would have to... You would have to take some shortcuts. You would have to make some changes that I don't think would serve the story as well if they made those changes. So I don't I don't foresee or anticipate Honor Harrington movies anytime soon. Unless... We get something that's completely independent, like it's set in that universe, but it's not an adaptation; it's an original thing. I could see that happening, and I actually would be on board with that. Show me more. Uh, there are a couple of short story anthologies. Uh, there are some side side story uh, material that doesn't follow through the main Honor Harrington era. Uh, you've got uh, you've got several. Several anthologies that David edited, uh, more than honor, worlds of honor, changer of worlds. Uh, you have a series that uh, David's written with Timothy Zahn, he of the uh, Star Wars uh, air, aired, you know, creator of of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, Manticore Ascendant. So these are prequels set in the king, you know, the the Star Kingdom of Manticore years before and then you've got um the Star Kingdom series uh, which is another another collection of short stories so highly recommend all of these I haven't even gotten all of them I haven't gotten very many of the short story collections to the anthologies I need to remedy that but uh yeah I as soon as I have this one finished I'll be uh I will be posting a review and once I'm done with this one I can actually get back into the other review pile queue and get all of these other stuff because I still got cat Rambo's book sitting over here I've got um, oh I've got four or five dozen books to uh, to uh, go through mrs. boss hints my birthday's coming up well yeah uh, yeah my my birthday's coming up And I guess, I guess, is that a hint? You don't know? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll all sleep by then and we'll forget things because that's what we do. Me, especially because I'm old. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Highly recommend start with on Basilisk station. It is, I believe, still available. Uh, If not, find it at a, at a used bookstore you know those those things still have value and i still think it's an idea i know you shake your head you shake your head <sighs> we haven't we haven't gone down that road yet but you never know all right so that's it for us today thanks very much for being here folks if you are new to the channel we do invite you to subscribe have your notifications turned on and Uh, Come back tonight. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to have uh, the H2O podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Uh, Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. And uh, so uh, come back for that. In the meantime, feel free to check out any of the rest of the videos. Salacious Crumbs is out. Tribble Bites is out. Uh, Good Morning Multiverse is uh, is live over there. Um, And you can catch up on everything. And we will do this all again tomorrow. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.